Lakers theme song. The Lakers Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod on on the air. The Lakers Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod pod podcast. Rodrigo. And I'm Steven. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, 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 the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for checking us out this week in the Major Spoilers Podcast. As you can tell from the intro, things are a little different this week because it is a general topic episode, and general topics generally mean anything goes. Now, one thing that uh, you may be aware of if you are a patron over at patreon.com slash major spoilers is we just spent 30 plus minutes talking about a variety of different topics that are always engaging, always interesting, always informative, um, I guess, if we're talking about weird food textures. But if you're not, if you are not a patron over at patreon.com slash major spoilers, now is the perfect time to join. $5 a month, you get 30 minutes of discussion at least, well, not at least this month or this week, it's over 30 minutes. Usually it's a, it's over 15 minutes for sure. But uh, this uh, time around in the pre-show, we were talking about Jupiter's legacy. We talked about uh, Shang-Chi and uh, Free Guy uh, hitting theaters and the closing window on the um, theater to uh, streaming experience. We also talked about, oh, what else did we talk about? We talked about the new He-Man stuff. And we talked about Enola Holmes, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff over in the pre-show. You definitely want to check it out. But now, we are in the main show, and I thank everybody for coming and checking us out this week. We got a couple of things that we want to talk to. I was curious uh, what everyone thought, and I'm sure Matthew probably was kind of keen on this, the Ultraman animated series over at Netflix. Ultraman! Are you excited for this? Uh, Up to a point. I mean, Ultraman, here's the thing. Uh, of the what I consider to be the three major franchises, Ultraman is my number three favorite. But it's also something that I remember. You know, I remember the Ultraman cartoon, a previous cartoon, mm-hmm. very fondly. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because it had a character whose official code name is Ultraman Beth. Uh, her name is Beth, and she's an Ultraman. And I'm just, I'm kind of interested to see what could happen with it because. It's an interesting character. It's a big giant guy who can only be big and giant for a few minutes and he fires beams out of his face. How can you not love this? Well, um, I don't know. I, maybe there's not a whole large uh, audience for that. But then again, uh, Thundercats. Kaiju are everywhere. <laughs> Thundercats Kaiju did are really, right really now. well. Thundercats has done really, really well as an ongoing series or it's over now over at Netflix. So maybe they're looking to pick up uh, and do the same thing with Ultraman and have this a multi season show where every season's like five episodes, but they run it for like 16, 16 seasons. Um, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Rodrigo or Ashley, do you guys care about Ultraman? You guys, know I don't know anything Ultraman? about Ultraman. <laughs> Jaguar. Uh, do you know him? No. Oh, okay. Same guy. Not the same guy. <laughs> so Ultraman, um, for me, was always uh, again. I'm more familiar. Like it, it, this, this shows you how like different like distribution was in the U.S. than it was in Mexico. Like I'm more familiar with Jet Jaguar than I am with Ultraman, <laughs> um, because. You just didn't know what was going to make it to Mexico and what wasn't. Right. So Ultraman was always this thing that, like, I think my dad saw on TV mm-hmm. um, and he'd talk about it. And yeah, I mean, anytime. So like uh, 
like when when we got to the U.S. and they started airing like superhuman samurai cyber squad, right? My dad's like, that's Ultraman. And I'm like, I think they're trying to be Ultraman, but it's not Ultraman. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I, I get the pedigree of Ultraman, but I don't think that I've ever seen any more than like a single episode of maybe one or two Ultraman series. Mm-hmm. I know that Netflix had a Japanese Ultraman series yep. that I think was CG, I think. And I watched a couple episodes of that and found it. Oh, very yeah, it was boring. it was uh, hyper violent, too, if I remember. I think I watched yeah. the first episode and I was like, "Ooh, this is maybe not yeah. not for me. Yeah, it was and not it because was I'm very, pearl clutching it was or anything hardcore, like that. And it was it had like stuff to do with like the mob, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like organized crime and stuff. And I'm like. I'm not interested. Like, uh, it just kind of wasn't for me. So, you know, I was like, uh, Ultraman is one of those things that I want to be into. So I'll probably check the mm-hmm. the new series. Mm-hmm. But it's very likely that I just won't be. You're reading the uh, comic book series, though, Matthew, right? Yeah, I really enjoy it. From the comic. Marvel? And Ultraman has a weird gap, too, because the original series starts in 66 and then it runs basically every year. Uh, there's like kind of like a Super Sentai thing where it runs... Every year there's a new Ultraman till 75. Then there's a big break with just a couple of things happening until like 1992. So it's literally one of those things that managed to miss all four of our windows. Because 1975 would have been a little young for Steven and I to be into that kind of well, thing. Well, especially for Japanese import stuff like this. Oh, yeah. 75, yeah. you didn't get those. And if mm-hmm. you did, they were like weirdly dubbed and, you know, mm-hmm. you get Johnny Sacco and his giant robot. But yeah, it. I always feel like the thing about Ultraman that people don't kind of get is that you know when you say oh we love Godzilla we love you know the King Kong we love all these kaiju films like your your Pacific Rim that is basically Ultraman Ultraman's thing is he he beats up giant robots or he beats up giant monsters or he beats up giant aliens and, you know, it's kind of like we've we've got Power Rangers, but we've skipped over the Rangers and the Zords and we've just gone straight to the giant guy punching things. And so I I feel like there is a there's a window for this. There's a place where you can do big giant guy punches out giant monsters. I mean, I I saw this thing recently. I think it was Toy Galaxy did a thing on uh, Samurai Pizza Cats mm-hmm. and Samurai Pizza Cats were not popular in japan but they were popular in the united states i i I feel that uh ultraman is very much the opposite in japan it's like something with a respected legacy like people are like oh a new ultraman thing or like a new ultraman project cool kind of like common writer right it's like we only ever got one season of common writer officially released in the u.s right um and so if somebody's like a new common writer is coming out, no one in the U.S. cares, and it's kind of the same thing with Ultraman, except for people that have put in the work to go find Ultraman content, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Or those those of us who happen to be at the right place at the right time when a random import happened to hit, and somebody mm-hmm. actually put it on TV, and you were like, "What am I watching?" Yeah. Which one? Uh, which one was the precursor to uh, Power Rangers? Was that Ultraman? Was that the one that Super eventually Sentai led to? Is well, the one that became Power Rangers. Yeah, but I mean, when you look at the lineage of how things go, it's like Ultraman, 
and then yeah, Japanese Spider-Man. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Japanese Spider-Man. And then that too. kicks off the craze of transforming uh, devices. And then you get Kamen Rider and then you get Super Sentai and then you get Power Rangers. That is essentially Super Sentai off of that. But I couldn't remember which one because Ultraman doesn't do transforming, but um, Japanese Spider-Man does do the transforming toys. Well, yeah, not like yeah. transformer transforming, but you right. know, he transforms into like, you know, uh, you can see these pieces like coming together, right? Uh, Ultraman yeah. like morphs the way that the Power Rangers morph, right? He goes through a transformation sequence to become Ultraman. And then eventually that makes it to Super Sentai. Yeah, but right. uh, Leopardon, isn't that a combination of a bunch of different things? No, Leopardon is Spider-Man's ship. Uh, the Marveler can transform into Leopardon. Right. Leopardon was was the first Super Sentai-style giant ah, okay. robot. But All right. The super robot genre, I mean, kind of goes back even earlier than that. If you get, you know, go all the way back to your Tetsujin 28, uh, what we know is Gigantor in the United States. But yeah. You know, you, there's a lot of stuff that didn't make it. Like uh, Great Mazinga never really made it to the United States, except as it, part of the Shogun Warriors line. It, uh, Mazinger Z made it to Mexico. I, I used to watch Mazinger really? Z. Mm -hmm. Wow! Wow! You see, Ash, that's Ashley is just see. on the edge of her seat on this hot giant <laughs> robot action. Seventies giant robot action. You know, it's it's uh, if uh, Ash like I bet you different things make it to Canada. Look, we talk Gundam Wing, Endless Waltz. I am here for it. Yeah, see, that's another one where the you know the Gundam is something that I know is like zero zip zilch nada about. Now that's my that's my preferred giant robots. And uh, that's the thing. A lot of Raul Coley like posted, "Show me your favorite Gundams," and I was delighted and gleeful to chime I, in. I, I hope that I hope that our quiz master is paying attention here. <laughs> well, we do have a, we do have a quiz coming up. I'm sure he's listening. Sports nights question. I'm very up on that. Show. <laughs> okay. So I, who's going to win Batman or snake eyes? So, well, you're going to have to read this oh, week's, oh, but, uh, but, but snake eyes is so handsome right now that gotta, Henry Golding basically shank tree trailer though. Well, sure, I'm just your saying Batman Snake Eyes Fortnite. would beat the hell out of Batman. In I, any, you're going to have to you're going to have to read Batman Fortnite number three out this week from DC Comics because he takes on Snake Eyes. It's on the cover oh, and they're mysteriously missing the, the Snake Eyes trademark. Mm. The uh, the Teen Titans are crossing over into Fortnite and the they're using the um, um, the DC kids designs. So oh, nice. it's like cool, hip Raven and Beast Boy. They're so cute. Oh, that'd be cool. I wonder if the boys, I know the youngest has been playing a lot of Fortnite uh, recently, so I'm, I'm waiting for him to get excited about the new, uh, whatever the new season is with the new characters and everything. But yeah, that, that whole, uh, whatever the title is, everybody's being sucked in from other dimensions. And so you've got, you know, snake yeah. eyes taken on. We covered Crisis it before on the show. Fortnites. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, anybody watch the original Attack the Block? Yes. It I is getting a sequel. Wait. Is that the one where the doctor is naked and Finn She's is running naked. around in a cute hat? Yes. She's not naked, but it does yeah. have Finn in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could have sworn. No, she the naked. leftovers is the one where the doctor is naked. No, I'm talking about the doctor, not the other doctor. Yeah. No, I don't oh, think she's naked in that. I don't think yeah. she's naked in that. She's in there for like a lot less time than I remember her being in there. But uh, I watched it again, maybe six months ago and I really enjoyed it. And it is getting a, a sequel to that. So if you want to see, uh, you know, aliens attacking, uh, a, you know, block block housing and the uh, residents fighting back. You might go uh, check that out when it comes out. But uh, I definitely enjoyed that that first one. 
Uh, oh, I remember what I was going to say about Gundams, actually. There was a time, I didn't get too heavily into it, but there was a time where I was buying a lot of Gundam models and building Gundam models in my free time. And then I started major spoilers and then the Gundam models got put on a shelf. Somewhere. And then you never had free time and ever. I again. never had free time ever again. But yeah, there was a time where I was like, Oh, let me cut these off and put them together and build them. And, uh, I didn't get into the super, super giant ones. Like what, uh, vampy bit me d- does on her Instagram and her live streams. But, um, but yeah, I was doing the ones that stand about a foot tall, foot and a half tall. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun That's- for a while. So much work. <laughs> it is. And, and, you know, but that's, that's why I said, as soon as I, as uh, started major spoilers. And then when I had kids, it was like, eh, I got to do some other things with that. And I ended up giving a bunch of the model kits to this kid who was really wanting to learn how to build things in 3d. And he was learning Maya. And I was like, well, here, here is a couple of uh, Gundam sets. Look and see how these models are put together and then model that in, in 3d. And I think he did. He ended up getting a job uh, doing some stuff for uh, special effects work. I know he worked on, I haven't talked to him in years, but I know the last thing that he was working on was that, uh, uh, what is the, what's the, the max agent 60, uh, 86, uh, TV series. Get smart. get smart. Yeah. He did that. Get smart movie. Did a bunch of the special effects work in that. So With Steve Carell and the rock. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we need to talk about invincible season one is now over a couple of weeks. Now everyone's had a chance to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I want to get everybody's reaction to Invincible Season 1. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought that they streamlined a bunch of stuff. I think they moved things around in an appropriate way. And, uh, man, they sure as heck kept the bloodiness from the from the comic books into, into the TV series, which was also a surprise. Ashley, what do you think of Invincible Season 1? Uh, I really liked it. I thought it was incredibly well cast. Um I thought some of like some of the characters are on like their issue 50 mm-hmm. storylines and Mark is still like solidly around issue 15. So mm-hmm. as a comics fan, it it was a little some of the pacing choices. While I understand them, I thought were like a little bit strange. Um, my biggest hope for season two is that they up that animation budget kind of like Voltron around season three, because there were definitely moments where it looked like a cut out being dragged in mm, flash, flash animation cartoon. over a moving background. Yes. Which is a tried and true animation trick across all genres, but like anime does that really, really well. And I thought that invincible didn't quite like you could see the budget on it. And it was, I love invincible so much. I was like, give them more money. Amazon. Yeah. Well, I mean, they automatically gave it a green light for seasons two and three. So I'm hoping in season two, we get to see Freddie Mercury show up and uh, do his thing. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that, but I don't know if that'll be a, if that's more of a season three, I don't know if they're going to do. So here's the thing. I think it's only going to be three seasons and done because, Mm -hmm. um, Robert Kirkman had said in an interview that basically season one is all of compendium one. And it's not true at all, (laughs) which is not true. But if that's the case, then I could see if they've got three seasons, then there's only three of those giant compendiums out there. Uh, Oliver come. These are my questions. Yeah. I just want to see Freddie Mercury, Viltrium, Freddie Mercury. Matthew, what did you think of, uh, uh, invincible season one? I think the first question that I have about any, uh, animated program anymore is how annoyed am I going to be at the voice casting? Mm -hmm. And I felt like nobody felt stunt cast. The only time that I was annoyed was Jillian Jacobs. Um, I, I love Adam Eve. I love the character. I feel like she did pretty well with it. 
but Adam and Eve looked 17 and Jillian Jacobs has, you know, the voice of a 35 year old divorcee. And it was kind of a, they kinda, a thing for me. They kind of did that. That's kind of the problem with everybody though. Right. I mean, Mark that's, is, yeah, that's, um, that's is, been my uh, issue that they don't sound like kids. Right. Mark did. Okay. I mean, Stephen Yeun, I think could pass. 40 for plus year old Stephen Yeun. <laughs> yeah. I, he did. He did. Okay. I thought Zazie beats did. Okay. You know, you know I thought actually beats. thought he did really good. I, I liked him as Mark a lot. I think probably the, the funniest part for me was uh, when the guardians of the globe got killed and I'm like, is everybody voicing in this scene, somebody who was on the walking dead? And the answer is yes. Uh, all of the actors who voice the guardians of the globe are people that Kirkman apparently worked with on the walking dead TV show. So mm-hmm. I loved it. I the, felt like it was really good. My kid loved it. Yeah. Does you want to read was, the comics now? Um, I have offered them comics and they're like, well, it's really hard to carry them around and I don't want to use a Kindle. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever, whatever you, you got to do. But yeah, there has been interest in the comics from vir- virtually everybody in the house. But I've told them you can't read the comics without getting spoilered on everything because by the time you catch up, like Ashley said, by the time you catch up to the point where Cecil is and, you know, where mom is and where Omni-Man is, you're going to be way into season two, possibly season three for Mark. So it's going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I really like how they streamline the story. I, I still, as I think I said, either on the pre-show or major spoilers podcast over the last couple of weeks, it's funny because people are like, Ooh, what's going to happen next? And I'm like, uh, the series has been over for like three years now. You could really find out what's going to happen next. If you really wanted to really just doing the comics, Mm -hmm. like there is not a ton of adaptation or divergence going on i mean there's there's a there's a lot of changes like uh mark's girlfriend is you know um, know. i mean the biggest change is that they were like this book is really really white and we're gonna cast as he beats amber needs like a personality because amber should already not be around and and that's what's (laughs) one of the things that threw me because you know even though we've only in, in the podcast have only reviewed the first two uh trades um I couldn't even tell you who Amber was. She was such a nothing character uh, yeah, for such a long time like in the comics. 12, yeah, something like that. And I was just like, oh, that's, I, I just don't remember. And then by the end of the show, I really liked what they did with that character so much more than what they did in the comic book. And that's one of the things that Kirkman did talk about was that he, um, he said that this gave him a chance to relook at something instead of going things, uh, you know, flying by the seat of his, his pants and not knowing yeah. what was going to happen from issue to issue. He can now look right. back and say, well, here's what I did. I'm sitting in a writer's room and people are questioning me on these things. And now we can change things around. We're not just simply copying and pasting from the comic book into the, uh, into the script, but you know, it is getting enough of a, enough of a change to where it, it makes sense for a lot of people. Now I was looking at the character design for Debbie, uh, comparative, uh, from the comics to the cartoon and i'm unsure do i mean do you guys think that mark and debbie were designed to be asian american in the yes. book and it yes. just never it, they never mentioned oh, it yes. i don't think so i just think that's the way that they were drawn and i think enough people on the internet said they look asian uh-huh <laughs> Because, I mean, Debbie's design, no, especially like, cultural, in those early issues, does they, they have, like, look. like, no references in the story to, like, anything, which, I mean, it that's happens. my probably my white people bias, right? Because you can be Asian and you don't have to, like, eat with chopsticks or whatever. Um, but I liked adding that extra detail. Like, I liked Mark, um, like, having different snacks. And I thought that was, like, a really intelligent choice to make in the casting as well. Well, and I, I liked it because, you know, 
you think of Mark as, you know, half Asian, half white. Uh, and then you realize, no, he's half earthling, half Viltrumite um, right. as the story goes on. So he I, I, I like that, that number one, that in the comics and maybe you're right, maybe they didn't intend to him, uh, him, him and his mom to be uh, Asian initially. But I think that that brings another layer of of discussion and thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, who all of these characters are and, and where do they come from? Yeah. I mean, some of the I feel like the changes uh, to characters, ethnicities and genders was all for the best. I, I didn't have any of those where I was just like, oh, terrible, because honestly, they changed a couple of characters who died uh, from male to female, which, mm-hmm. you know, fine, whatever the character's going to die. But I've always been a huge fan of Shrinking Ray. Uh, I, I am the Shrinking Ray fan in the universe. And I was just like, oh, now Shrinking Ray is the, you know, this kick butt woman. I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of like that too. But I feel like a lot of the changes made from the comic were made for smart reasons. And I feel like, you know, the expansion of, say, you know, the uh, Flaxen invasion, which is half an issue, I think, in the comics, and ended up being the better part of an episode or maybe two episodes worth of material in the show. I feel like the way they presented that was actually better than the original material. Well, and, but isn't, um, isn't Mark's brother half flaxen? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. So, you know, at some point that's going to rear its ugly head. And I couldn't remember if that happened while Nolan was, uh, yeah, out trapped in space when he when he disappeared in like episode four and then showed up yeah. and came back later right yeah because mark hunts him down like 50 issues later yeah, yeah, right, yeah but that's that's the point where oliver ended up being uh conceived yeah a spoiler to everyone for you know yeah uh, uh, issue number 127 yeah yeah no i, I couldn't remember spoilers. when i couldn't remember when that st- i couldn't remember when that stuff happened in the comics because i know that at some point you know, Nolan gets sucked into their dimension or into their universe. And then he comes back and he's changed and all these things. And then it's like, Oh, by the way, you have a brother. I couldn't remember if that was something, all stuff that happened later, or if it was stuff that happened when he got sucked in, uh, in, in this season one in, in the show. So. And and I'm sure that season two is going to have an Oliver. Oh, um, I'm sure. I I think that they're going to do it. I think they're going to do everything. I mean, we're going to see, uh, probably season two is going to have to do Viltrumite war. Right. I mean, we saw conquest in the first season. We did. Yeah. 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 So we're going to have to see Viltrumite war play out throughout season two. And then season yeah. three will be Mark, you know, trying to come to grips with, do I take over the earth and make everything right? Just like in that last big arc of the series, or does he do something completely different? Does and he become God Emperor of Dune or not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what everyone yeah. wants to see. And that will be season three. <laughs> and that's how the that's how the uh, season that's how the series will end. By the way, people go and read the Invincible <laughs> comics if you haven't. And you'll know everything that we're talking about. Um, which they have, me they to, haven't got enough Carrie Payton. They need more Carrie Payton. I mean, don't we all, though? That's true. It brings us to the question of violence in the in the uh, in the comics and in the uh, in the animated series. I really liked how they kept making the Invincible title card get bloodier and bloodier and bloodier with every episode. Um, I was okay with the amount of violence, you know, for the, through the first seven episodes of the show, but then episode eight gets super, super, super violent. Where, you know, uh, Omni-Man is holding Mark's face against the uh, subway trains as they go through and we're just seeing people, you know, get eviscerated left and right. What do you guys think of, of violence level in the comic book compared to the animated series? 
it's exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely appropriate I, to the I was, well, no, source I, material. I wondered if, you know, I wondered if you thought that they had toned it down in the animated series or they cranked no, it up no. or if they kept it the same. I think it's basically the same. A friend of mine, it was so funny, who I think ha- must have not read the comics. He thought it was, he was sh- shocked. I think a lot of people were shocked at how mm-hmm. violent it was. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I really hope that in season two they take notes. And I was like, homie, like, I don't know how to tell you, like, don't count on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's only going to get worse. <laughs> wait until Ryan Otley takes over. Um, LOL. Yeah. Uh, he takes over on, like, issue seven, isn't Seven it? or something yeah, like that. Pretty <laughs> quick, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm surprised really like, that Corey Walker got that co-creator credit. To be well, honest. yeah, they they allowed Corey Walker to do all the character designs, right? If I'm if I'm not mistaken, yeah. uh, for the TV show, and so that's why you get some redesigns going on there. But that's all the Corey Walker stuff. Uh, uh, Rodrigo, what do you think of of the violence level in in this show? I think that um, the show in general seems like a sort of a going back and looking at Invincible, thinking about what worked and what it, what seems purposeful, and then just kind of distilling that into, again, something that's like very purposeful from the beginning, right? Rather than, I, I don't know, as an example, I don't know if this would actually happen, but, you know, the, like, Robert Kirkman being like, hey, what if I gave Robot something to do? Like, what <laughs> if I give him a backstory? Mm-hmm. Like, a hundred issues in, robots backstory is relevant two episodes in, right? Um, so uh, I think the violence is the same. I think that it the escalation of violence seems purposeful and warranted uh, in a way that maybe if you're e- reading issue to issue of the comic might seem a little bit more all over the place. Um, cause you know, you do get that very early on, like sudden spike of violence and then things calm down again. But, uh, in the, in the TV show, it really feels like a purposeful escalation, which is of course, as Steven pointed out, uh, echoed with the amount of blood on the title card, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, as the show goes on, it gets bloodier and bloodier, just like the title card gets bloodier and bloodier. Mm-hmm. I think that part of the the perceived difference is the motion, because that uh, running through the subway, throwing your face into the dead people, that happens in the comic, mm-hmm. but seeing it happen and seeing people literally bursting open against Mark's invincible body, title drop, uh, really brings it to life in a way that just reading those panels, no matter how well drawn they were, would not. Yeah. And I feel like to some degree, if you look at that fight, the actual Omni-Man invincible fight that everybody is memeing right now is a little bit less bloody and horrifying at the end yeah, than it, it is in the comics. Well, but, we've got that uphill battle that is the redemption arc coming. So yeah, good yeah. luck with that. I mean, um, it's funny that the violence is such a thing because when I like, if you asked me to distill invincible down to a single image, it would definitely be, um, somebody getting hit with a bloody eyeball coming toward yes, camera. Exactly. Like that is when I think of <laughs> exactly. it's, it's that yep. <laughs> your face exploding. Yep. You and I yeah. are on the same wavelength because every time you say invincible to me, that's all I think of is that eyeball flying right at you. And it's, it's very shocking, but it, it really, you know, distills what this, this is about. This is what superheroes are like in, 
in Skybound Universe or whatever it is. Skybound X is what's I'm coming up with the. I'm also shocked uh, that, like, we all know this is from the guy who did The Walking Dead, which I don't watch because I think is too violent. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why people are shocked that this would be violent. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I think they don't expect. So here's the thing. In the United States, it's a cartoon and it's superheroes. <laughs> exactly. It's it's superheroes and it's cartoons, which must mean it's kid friendly and it's only going to be 30 minutes. And it turns out it's an hour long and it's blood and violence everywhere. And that really freaks people out because they're not used to seeing what other countries offer up. Uh, they've obviously never seen Love, Death and Robots on Netflix. Uh, but, um, yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't come as a big surprise to people that other places look at animation as just a medium to tell a story. And sometimes that medium can be animation thing. Like um, if you look at uh, Amazon's other superhero offerings, we have such uh, peaceful classics as the boys. Yeah, right. But that's live action. Yeah, but that's live action. And they specifically tell you that there's nudity and violence and stuff in this. And people are like, oh, Uh boobies, we must we must shun our eyes. And then you're like, oh, here's this cartoon series called Invincible. And everyone's like, oh, he looks like such a nice young man. Let's all sit down and watch this. And then they're horrified. I mean, movies coming, so I mean that audience will be taken care of. Yeah, 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 definitely. What's the bottom line, Ashley, for Invincible? <laughs> Final thoughts on Invincible. Bottom line, bottom line for Invincible, uh, the comics are better, as always happens in adaptation. Um, I like the show. I am excited for season two. Um, I can't. I, I, I will say though, I cannot imagine watching this not being familiar with the source material. Like it must be a very yeah. surreal experience. Yes, I would. But agree. I'm digging it. I like yeah. it a lot. Rodrigo. Uh, yeah, I I've really enjoyed it. I think again, it feels like somebody is. It's almost like the person who wrote Invincible is taking Invincible and ju- then just doing the good beats, cleaning some stuff up, and then just like really giving us a, a solid digest of the themes and mm-hmm. and all the situations that happen around it. So I, you know, I'm not gonna say that it's better than the comics because you're gonna get so much more from the comics. But it's going to be a, a tighter experience, a, probably a more even experience. Yeah, I would say if you haven't seen Invincible, the animated series yet, watch it, uh, you know, just grind it out uh, and before it grinds you up and then go and read the comic book series, because I think you will get more out of the comics than you will uh, just watching the animated series. I think more of your questions will be answered because there's a lot more nuance and a lot more in-depth discussion that that happens, especially between Mark and, and Omni-Man. Uh, so, you know, I, I really, I really dig it. I, I really enjoyed it. And if you're not a squeamish, uh, then definitely check out Invincible season one, Matthew. I would agree. I would say that the one thing that I would say that is worrisome is if you have not read Invincible, there are going to be things that when you go and try to read Invincible, you're going to be mad about. If you have read Invincible and you look at it, Actually, I think there's going to be fewer things because mm-hmm. you're going to be aware of stuff and you're going to see that, oh, yeah, they've tweaked this for a good reason. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation, as always, is read the original issues, then go and watch it. I also say don't grind it out. I feel like it's a deep enough experience that you want to give it some time to, you know, to ruminate and marinate. So maybe an episode a day for a week or something, but I yeah, wouldn't sit I can down see and that. watch eight hours. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch it eight hours straight. I would probably say one or two episodes a day. I wouldn't say spread it out over eight weeks, though. Oh, uh, that's what I did. Well, yeah, that's because we had or to. five weeks or however many. Yeah, weeks I think it was eight weeks. Well, yeah, because I guess they released the first. The thing that well, really I'm surprised an American, me. And I believe that if I must suffer, everyone must suffer. The thing that surprised the heck out of me was that the episodes were like an hour long. 
So I'm going yeah. from like WandaVision and I'm like, oh, let's sit down and watch Invisible Invincible. It'll be a really quick, you know, half hour, you know, I- I- experience. And then it's like, oh, no, this thing's an hour. And I kept forgetting week after week that uh, if I'm going to schedule my Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is an hour, then w- which one do I watch first? Because obviously Invincible is only 30 minutes. And then I'd sit down and go, how is this an hour long show? I mean, it's really yeah. good. It's really well done in an hour. I'm glad that they did it in an hour format instead of, you know, 16 half hour formats. So. Oh, uh, here's where, ladies and gentlemen, you can insert your own uh, klaxon or your alarm bell or whatever that you want to do, because it is now time for Major Spoilers uh, Trivia. Major Spoilers Trivia from our own Jimmy Dunn, taking care of us again this week. Jimmy Dunn, Jimmy Dunn. Thank you, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. And we are not going to do 20 minutes of uh, smack talk where everybody uh, uh, talks about how smart they are and all those kinds of things for only 10 minutes of trivia. No, we're going to give you lots of trivia. (laughs) Here are the instructions. <laughs> Ashley knows what I'm talking about. And no, I, you know, I'm, I'm truly internally like the meme that's like internally screaming. That's me right now. Yeah. Am I, am I on target or not? Uh, you could not. I mean, it's physically impossible, but you are Robin Hood splitting your arrow. Okay, here we go. Here are the instructions. Each question has five clues of progressively easier difficulty. So they start out hard and they get easier. An incorrect answer on one clue results in a one-point penalty, so you're getting a minus this time. Mm. But does not... Yeah, the Jimmy changed these a little bit, but does not preclude the player from continuing to attempt further clues. So, you could, for example, you could uh, uh, get the number five-point question wrong, and you get a minus one point, but then you answer question four, and you get it right, so you end up with three points overall. Does that make sense to everybody? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we go with question number one. Remember, your name is your buzzer. Mm-hmm. Question one. One parody v- video featuring this character starts off with him asking, Penny, for your thoughts before describing his struggles with his avian foes. For four points, in a 2002 film, Count Duco tells this character that, quote, this contest cannot be decided by our knowledge of the Force, but by our skills with a lightsaber. Three-point question. In a 2017 film, this character summons lightning to burn a tree and the sacred texts it contained. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Yoda. Correct. The answer is Yoda. And I think some people have said, oh, we want to hear the other the other uh, uh, questions. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let you ruminate. <laughs> what could the other questions be? Figure it out. Yeah. Backwards talks he does. Mm. Yes. All right. We're moving on to question two. Rodrigo in the lead with three points. For five points, in 2011, the musical duo duo Pomplamoose released a cover of this game franchise's main theme song. Four-point question. The villains of this game franchise were reportedly inspired by the 2009 swine flu pandemic. Three-point question. The cast of the film adaptations of this game franchise included Peter Dinklage as Ethan Mighty Eagle and Danny McBride as Bomb. Two-point question. An unlicensed theme park attraction in China based on this franchise has participants using a large slingshot to launch stuffed birds at green balloons. Matthew. Matthew. Angry birds? Correct. Angry birds Damn, for I did two the junket on that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That right. was great. Uh, I got to see Dan McBride and he ran into me and knocked me to the ground and was really nice about it. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. So there you go. Yeah, Happy was... story after all, everybody. Yeah. 
All right, we are now into question number three for five points. In one work in this medium, the new year the new year is often celebrated by Riff and Torg buying each other a beer. Matthew. Matthew. Oh God! Now I can't remember the name of the thing. It's the one with Bun Bun. Four point question. Another work in this medium spawned the book. What if serious scientific answers to absurd hypothetical questions? Matthew. Matthew. What is web comics? That is correct. So Matthew I'm an on the idiot. I Matthew, Matthew with three with three points on that one because you lost a point with the five. You got yep. it with the four. Four minus one is three. The answer is, of course, <laughs> that is hard. That's web comics. Well, I mean, I understand because uh, otherwise people would just be screaming out answers left and right. So I can understand why Jimmy uh, added the, uh, the one point penalty. I think that works out fine. Of course, I'm doing everything by hand here. So it does make things a little bit of uh, a little bit more difficult. Also, Jimmy, thank you for putting in uh, pronunciation guides. I'm probably still going to screw them up. Question yeah. number four for five points. Near the end of this film, a character played by Anthony Gary or Geary reveals that he's actually an alien and returns to his homeworld, the planet Zarkon. Matthew. Matthew. UHF. There you go. For five points. UHF. Question number five for five points. In 2015, this man became the first late night host to visit the country of Cuba since the U.S. embargo began in 1962. Matthew. Matthew. Conan O'Brien. That is correct. Wow, we're going to get through these pretty quickly. So, Jimmy, you may have to bump these up from 20 questions to like 50 questions, just in case. Just in case. Uh, question number six for five points. This company was originally founded as Learn Television, but rebranded itself as Jellyvision Games in 2005 before being rebranded to its current name in 2013. For four points, recent games from this company include Push the Button, Blather Round, and Champed Up. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Jackbox Games. That is correct. Nice. Question number seven for five points. In one issue from this miniseries, Barry Allen declares that Mara and Ray Palmer will have to be Wonder will have to be Wonder Woman and Superman. Ashley. Ashley. Blackest Night. That is correct. Ashley just did that recently on uh, Geek History Lesson. <laughs> and by recently, I mean that's about how far back I am on my podcast li- listening. Yes. That's how much I love patrons. I said, I hate zombies. And they said, you're going to do zombies. And I said, <laughs> okay, I guess I'm reading this thing. That sounds like a good transition right into our Patreon page at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Here, listen, here's one of the benefits that you get to do when you are a patron over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. You get to torture Matthew each yes. and every month. We do a little thing called, uh-huh. why do you hate me? And what happens is I put up a poll at the start of every month and uh, it lists three comics that Matthew, I know Matthew will find uh, a pain Abhorrent? in his side. Abhorrent. Horrific. Horrific. What's some other adjectives, Ashley? Quickly. Bad. <laughs> Awful. Slightly Awful. objectionable. And here's the thing. You, dear listener, get to vote on which one you want Matthew to review the most. And then he has to do a review on it, and we post it over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. That's what your money goes to, torturing Matthew each and every month. And he loves it. He secretly loves it. He was no, just no. telling me he was just telling me earlier today when I told him that uh for the April for the April title, he has to do uh, uh Spider-Man Super Stories number 39. And then <laughs> May, which just closed the other day, the May title 
is uh, Watchmen Minutemen number eight. So you can look forward to those when you become a patron over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Question number eight for five points. In a 2015 Vice article, this 1999 song was referred to as, quote, the only argument we need for why Sky Pop should have never existed, unquote. I don't know, I'm going to mispronounce this. Neil Sissa Riga created a 17-track mashup album titled Mouth Sounds, with most of the tracks featuring this song mashed up with other hit songs, including Modest Mouse's Float On and John Lennon's Imagine. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Oh, All Star by Smash Mouth. That is correct. All I needed was the title of the song. You are correct. Thank you. Question number nine for five points. You guys are nailing these. Let's see, how far how far down? We went to a two-point question. That's as low down as we have gone. Most of you guys are getting these in the first two. Question number nine. In this 2002 film, Dylan and Cole Sprouse play the younger version of the main character in a scene where he accidentally causes an explosion while mimicking his chemistry teacher. For four points, the main character in this film portrays a number of other characters, including Gammy Num Nums, Quint from Jaws, and Tony Montana, Montana, Montana from Scarface. For three points, in one scene in this film, the protagonist visits a club seeking information on the origin of a cigar and bites a man's nose off after the man offers him pond water. Matthew. Matthew. What is Master of Disguise? That is correct. Master of uh, Disguise. Turtle, yeah, I thought, I thought that might be it. But... Turtle, turtle. But also, I've only seen it, I've only seen half of it once, so that was real. <laughs> I think I saw that in the theater. Of course, that's probably the only place you could have seen it back then, but. Yeah. Question number 10. Question number 10. In a 2021 screen rant, April Fool's article about this game, it was reportedly developing a grayscale map as a collaboration with the black and white release of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Number four, in October 2020, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilian Omar streamed themselves playing the game along with several Twitch personalities to encourage young people to vote in the U.S. presidential election. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Among Us. Among Us is correct. We are halfway through the game. Let's take a look and see where everybody is. So uh, you guys talk amongst yourselves for just a moment so I can uh, tabulate this up. So the, the industrial revolution was neither industrial nor a revolution. Discuss. You know, my wife is, has gotten into a real, like, revolutionary war kick. Uh-huh. So at all times, I'm, I just hear, like, uh, it's just like Ken Burns Civil War is just constantly playing in my house. <laughs> or, or Gone with the Wind, because she's, like, oh. doing, like, a comparative analysis of it. Wow. Is she doing yeah. that like for work or just out of No, no, she's also not writing it down. It's just like for her own benefit. She's just oh. like she just got through reading like a nine bajillion page uh book on the Civil War and now she's moving on to documentaries and comparing them to Gone with the Wind. Dearest Martha, I have tabulated up the scores. And it looks like in third place. We have Ashley Victoria Robinson. Yeah, I I know virtually none of these things. <laughs> With five points. Six points. Matthew Peterson. 
Hello. with 13 points. Hello. And Rodrigo Lopez in the lead with 15 points. Martha, I don't know how much longer I can go, but we've got 10 more questions. Why do you sound have like you not heard? Infringing? Have you not heard? Um, uh, this comes from what's the one that um, Tom Hanks did, the uh, driving the car across the U- U.S. Uh, Ken Burns thing. Rodrigo. America's Drive. America's Drive. The story it's a great... of Horatia Nelson Jackson. That's right. In fact, I have even created what is what is the Horatio? I've got a I've got a Twitter that's called Horatio something or other. Or letters yeah, letters oh, to Horatio's Martha. Horatio's Drive, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's Letters to Martha, I think, is the uh Twitter feed. But every time that he would write home, he would say, you know, the the woman's name was like Skinks or something. That was his his uh little tag name for her. Hey, my dearest yeah. Skinks. And then he would narrate about what they've done during that day. And so a lot of people take that narration and they apply it to all Ken Burns documentaries. So when you talk about watching documentaries about history, a lot right. of people just dump into it. Dearest Martha. Yeah. So I think the Twitter feed is Dearest Martha. I think that's it. I haven't updated it in a long time. All right. Question number 11 for five points. In one issue of this character's solo series, she kisses Clary on the witch boy who responds by saying, you taste like Christmas. I hate Christmas. For four points, in the backup story to Future State, the next Batman number two, this character is seen imprisoned in the magistrate's detention facility, sharing a cell with Cassandra Kane. For three points, a chalkboard in Rip Hunter's lab saying no trophy foreshadows that this character didn't actually die in the war game storyline. Matthew. Matthew. Um, the third Robin, who is also spoiler, Stephanie Brown. Stephanie is Brown the is the... Yes, Tim Drake is the third Robin. Um, yes, uh, no, Stephanie Tim Brown Drake is, is the fourth Robin. Stephanie third Brown from is the right. Yes, Stephanie Brown is the one that we are looking for. Question number twelve for five points in one work by this group. A character asks for Bree. Uh, what's the um, Limburger and Cheddar? I'm going to miss the uh, what is it? Chambray, Chambray, Chambray. Come on, bear. There you go. Before eventually shooting the proprietor of a cheese shop. Yes. Monty Python. Correct for Monty Python. Sorry. I'm not a, I'm not a big cheese fan. Or a big, uh, yeah, I don't eat that much cheese. Especially Limburger. No, it's okay. That, that, the Camembert is funny because it's difficult to pronounce. Like, in the skit, (laughs) that's part of why it comes. Yep. (laughs) All right, question number 13. Five points. This publication, which, according to its website, began in 1683, currently brands itself as the world's only reliable news. Matthew. Matthew. The Onion? Incorrect, for minus one point. For four points, this publication's print circulation ended in 2007, even though it still printed small inserts that were included in Sun Magazine. For three points, one individual featured on the publication's black and white cover has reportedly bitten Santa Claus, helped capture Saddam Hussein, and inspired a real-world 2004 off-Broadway musical. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Uh, The Weekly World News. Correct. For three points. The Weekly World News or WWN. I think they're talking about Batboy there, if I'm not mistaken. Question number 14. In 2017, a Vice headline claimed that, quote, 10 years later, this work is still the uh, wokest song ever. 10 years later, this song is still the wokest song ever. For four points, that same article speculated that the title of this song is a reference to the tears of black people. 
Matthew. Matthew. Friday by Rebecca Black. No, incorrect. <laughs> For three points, this song's title is repeated after every line, including the bell curve blames the baby's DNA and say it publicly and you're insane. For two points, the cap uh, the caption in the video that accompanied this song's release notably mentions the singular move away from the mic to breathe in. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Chocolate rain. Chocolate rain. I move my mouth away Chocolate from the mic. Rain. Question 15. For five points, in one episode, it's revealed that this character streaked through the Wesleyan University campus calling himself Beercules. Matthew. Matthew. Marshall Erickson. Correct. For five points. Let's see where I'm stacking these up things. Oh, we're up to uh, question 18. No, oh, question 16. For five points. In the Dragon Quest video game franchise, this specific action is carried out by using the item Yggdrasil's uh, Leaf. Yggdrasil. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Yggdrasil's okay. Leaf. Do you know it, Ashley? No, I just know Norse mythology. All right, there you go. I, again, I know virtually none of these things. <laughs> Uh, for four, I'm going to give you a point, just one point for helping me out. Ashley plus uh, one for Ashley. I'm still going to lose. <laughs> well, considering we have four questions left, <laughs> probably. Uh, for four points, in Street Fighter 3, if you knock out Gil with his super meter, when his super meter is full, he will perform the specific action unless the player is able to successfully interrupt it. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Uh, what is come back to life? Um, I'm going to, I'm going Revive. to accept that. Yes, I will accept that. Revive or resurrect, accept any answer that describes bringing a character back to life. <laughs> Rodrigo on that one. Question 17 for five points. This character helped a two-headed spirit named May Jim celebrate their wedding, which took place outside of this character's shop. This character used the alias Mushi while running a shop called the Jasmine Dragon. Matthew. Matthew. Uncle Iroh. Uncle Iroh. Correct. Question 18 for five points. One version of this song became popular in 2007 as a YouTube video with the name Kleiner High. Yep. And involves the title character growing up to eat a human. For four points, the most well-known version of this song sees some of the characters safe at last after they run away from the other character who decides to go hunt. For three points, the official dance music video for th uh, that version features a pink fox named Pink Fong that helps introduce the video. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Baby Shark. Do 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 do. Correct. Question. There's a fascinating, by the way, if you guys, I can't remember whether it is a, <laughs> if it is a um, NPR or a, it's one of those really informative NPR type shows. They go into the history of Baby Shark and go all the way back to its Japanese is it roots. Song, and, is it a song splitter episode? No, I don't think so. My dear, it's like shark. an all things considered. It might be an all. No, not an all things considered. Uh, and it may not be a wait, wait, don't tell me episode. I forget which one. But they go into the whole history of how this song was created by one person. It was basically stolen and uh, re-released and made these other people a ton of money. 
but uh-huh. then it suddenly becomes in public domain and anybody can sing baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 question 19 for five points in the first two episodes of what we do in the shadows this actor portrays the owner of a wharf he also played the husky hostage in game over man and fireman kurt in brooklyn 99 rodrigo rodrigo Patton oswald no for four points, after Russell Crowe was announced to be playing Zeus in Thor, Love and Thunder, fans renewed a Twitter campaign to get this actor to play Hercules. For three points, this actor has also performed on the Upright Citizens Brigade for many years and was a regular cast member on MTV's Guy Code. For two points, this actor and comedian hosts or co-hosts multiple podcasts, including High and Mighty, Action Boys, and the now concluded Raised oh, by TV. Ashley. Ashley. John Gabris. That is correct. Question 20. The final the question. The comeback hit. Oh, Rodrigo. <laughs> minus one. Before I even got into the questions. My goodness. Uh, question number 20 for five points. In one comic, a spider smacks this character with a rolled up newspaper, receiving a fly for his bravery. For four points. In films released in 2004 and 2006, this character was voiced by Bill Murray. Matthew. Matthew. Garfield. Correct. All right. You guys talk amongst yourselves again as I calculate up some things, and we will find out who is the winner of the third major spoilers. uh, What do we call this? Twitter Bowl. Twitter Bowl. You know what's fun about the Garfield casting? Garfield was originally voiced by Lorenzo Music. Right. Who also did the voice of Bankman on the real Ghostbusters. Right. So Lorenzo Music replaced Bill Murray, after which Bill Murray replaced Lorenzo Music. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Lorenzo Music is uh, Carlton, your doorman for old people. My kid was entertained the other day. We were listening to something in the car, and I told them that the lead singer is actually the voice of... Uh, Opal from Steven Universe. And I'm just like, yeah, cool dad knows cool stuff. Yeah, it's like uh, telling kids who any conductor on Shiny Time Station is. (laughs) And then letting them listen to George Carlin routines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you're lucky, you're watching a Ringo Starr episode and you just have mm-hmm. to tell them about the Beatles. Otherwise, there's a whole rabbit hole you need to go down. Yep. That's frightening. All right, here we go with the uh the total of Ashley this wins. time. Well, Ashley like gets golf. Ashley gets a hundred points for being helpful and not mm-hmm. derogatory towards the host. So yes, Ashley does win this week. <laughs> 130 points for Ashley. I'm sorry, no, not being derogatory to the host Ashley, is not possible. Yes, it is. Uh, if you're if you're nice, if you're a nice person. Uh, Ashley ends up uh, the game in third place with 13 points. In second place, with 27 points, Matthew Peterson. Hello. And in first place, actually losing two points, one for question 19 and uh, in question 20, answering before the question even got out, losing a point <laughs> there. 30 points for Rodrigo Lopez, the winner of uh this this time this quarter's uh trivia contest you guys have fun this time jimmy promised me that he had a slew of questions that were for everybody ashley so 
I'm sure he was thinking that maybe you uh, were a Garfield fan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have seen Garfield, but like there, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, but I was like, you were saying names of things, and I was like, don't know what UFC or whatever that thing is. So, UHF, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, UHF, UHF. That's definitely a Matthew thing. That's a old well, that's weird a owl. Movie. Weird Al movie from nineteen eighty nine, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's yeah, okay, yeah. I never win any trivia, anything, so I'm not mad. <laughs> Next time, yeah, only yeah, questions format. from Canada. Although maybe not, because Ashley's an American now, so she may not know any yeah. of those Canadian. It's questions. like I, I feel like if there had been just uh, like American like civics questions, she would have gotten them. Yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh, that's hey, what I should have told that. You want to know what up. the root cause of the civil war is, according to the American government? Oh, she's oh. like me. <laughs> oh, oh, good. <laughs> I was like, oh, don't, please don't tell me. (laughs) Please don't tell me what the actual government says. Uh, Okay, here here we go. Here are the questions from the naturalization test. Uh, Let's jump into, uh, what is the supreme law of the land? Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Uh, the U.S. Constitution. Correct. What does the Constitution do? I guess there's. I think Actually, you have to get... this was one of my questions in my interview. Okay. Do you have to answer all three of them? You have to answer six out of ten. Oh, okay. I so mean, but if so... you're like if you're like me, you just do six, and you don't have to do ten. Okay. So what does the Constitution do? Sets up the government. Okay, so the, this one has actually three answers to it. Sets up the government, yeah, defines only, the government, you only and protects. Yeah, you only have to get one. Okay, that's what, that's what answers, I was wondering. Unless it specifies, there are some where it specifies like two of three or three of 13. Okay, and... all right. Uh, I'm going to skip around. I don't know how many of these we should be reading on a podcast. I don't know if that's, I mean, you can just go out and find it. This is the, it's, it's, it's Googleable. It's not a it's, secret. Yeah, yeah, it's the USCIS.gov website. Uh, so how many uh, amendments does the Constitution have? Ashley. Ashley. 27. There you go. What are two rights in the Declaration of Independence? Ashley. Ashley. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We fought for these ideals. We shouldn't settle for less. What is freedom of religion? Ashley. Yes. The right to practice or not practice any religion in the United States. What is the rule of law? This is one that really stumps a lot of people. Ashley. Yes. Follow the laws of the United States. Everyone must follow the law. Leaders must obey the law. Government must obey the law. And no one is above the law. Uh, wait, is that a thing? Those are, what is the rule of law? Those are the yeah. official no, four wait, has answers. Has that applied for the last decade? Well, that's the one that I said stumps a lot of people. Uh, name one branch or part of the government. Ashley. Ashley. Oh, 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 Mr. Judicial. Connor. Oh. What'd you say, Ashley? Judicial. Judicial. There you go. The big judicial wow. stuff going on right now. Uh, let's see. Who is in charge of the executive branch? Ashley. Matthew. Ashley. The president. What are the two parts of the U.S. Congress? Ashley. Ashley. <laughs> the Senate and the House of Representatives. Who is one of your state's U.S. Senators now? Answers Ashley. will vary. Go ahead. <laughs> Diane Feinstein. There you go. Uh, let's see. Who does a U.S. Senator represent? Ashley. Ashley. All the people of their state. If the president can no longer serve, who becomes president? Ashley. Ashley. <laughs> Vice president. Who vetoes bills? Ashley. Ashley. Well, no, Ashley doesn't veto bills. <laughs> the president <laughs> vetoes <Ashley>. bills. <laughs> she just became president in the last question. What she can't. Are... No, wasn't born here. Nope, that's right. Hey, this may be a question. No, it's not. Only, uh, what are... only it's, two it's not... out of four panelists in, in the Major Spoilers podcast could be president. That's yeah. right, but all of you could be a governor or a senator. 
Yeah. That's entirely true. And of the ones who could be, we're the ones who absolutely shouldn't be. <laughs> who are two cabinet-level positions? Oh, Matthew! Matthew? Secretary of Defense and um, um, the guy with the lawyer pants. Treasury uh, the, or Attorney State? General. Attorney General. Lawyer pants. No, Attorney General. Is, oh, yeah, Attorney General is on the list, yeah. <laughs> Ashley, do you want to name a couple of others? Uh, Treasury Secretary, Treasury of State, President. Oh no, that's not. It's not his cabinet. But I know what the cabinet does. Okay, cool. Uh, does let's see. That's one of the questions. It advises the president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Under our constitution, some powers belong to the states. What is one power of the states? Ashley. Ashley. To uh, give out driver's licenses. That's right. Give a driver's Life. license. No invulnerability. Uh, let's see. Wait, I'm thinking of Ultra Boy. Sorry. Rights and responsibilities. The power are, of attorney. <laughs> there are four. Um, man, there's uh, how many questions in this? A hundred? There's a hundred, yeah. Okay, it's so we're at number 48. There are four amendments to the Constitution about who can vote. Describe one of them. Matthew. I'm just trying to Matthew. let anyone else answer. <laughs> um, uh, any citizen age 18 and older can vote. Yeah, so there's four of them, citizens 18 and older, and then any citizen can vote, men and women can vote. You don't have to pay a poll tax to vote, and a male citizen of any race can vote. So, that's actually... That last one is problematic. Yeah, I know, right? But it's still there, and it's one of the answers. Um, Let's see. Name one right only for United States citizens. Uh, Rodrigo. Rodrigo. The right to vote. That's right, in a federal election. Specifically in a federal election, yeah. Do you have to be specific on that? Uh, you, well, that's sort of up to your officer, um, but they do, they do encourage you to be as specific as possible. Yes. Uh, Okay. Uh, question 53. What is one promise you make when you become a United States citizen? Uh, Rodrigo. Rodrigo. To renounce any foreign, uh, allegiances or prince or potentate. Yeah. Give up loyalty to other countries. It Mm -hmm. literally says prince or potentate in the oath. Yeah. What's a Uh, potentate? Uh, potentate is, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, potentate is like a, a, a rulership. Yeah. What's my name? Potentate. Ask me again, and I'll tell you the same. So, uh, Ashley, you are, you don't have dual citizenship, right? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you uh, had to give up uh, your, your citizenship to Canada or not. When you... you only have to give it up if you are, like, fleeing. Uh, okay. You're seeking asylum. I don't know. Maybe if you came from a country that we're not allied with, but no. Here we go into some American history, colonial period and independence. Uh, what is one reason colonists came to America? Matthew. Matthew. To avoid religious persecution. Religious freedom is an answer. That is correct. Uh, who wrote the Declaration of Independence? Okay, Matthew. No, no, go ahead. W. Matthew. Diggs. You have now been ejected. You're no longer a U.S. citizen. No. There were 13 original states. There were 13 original states named three. Oh, Rodrigo. Uh, Rodrigo. Uh, New York. Correct. Uh New Hampshire. Correct. Uh, Connecticut. Correct. Okay. I got that question on my. What were the three you picked? Uh, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, to which I was informed most people don't say Connecticut. 
And really? I said, I like hmm. that there's a silent C in it. <laughs> Texahoma, it's, Oklahoma. It's fun to say. Yeah, not North totally. Let's see. Uh, name one war fought by the United States in the 1800s. Ooh, Matthew. Matthew. War of 1812. Correct. Can you name, <laughs> any, can you name that, any others? That makes sense. <laughs> can you name any others? Um, uh, the French Banana War. Nope. The Spanish-American War. Spanish-American War. The uh, Mexican War, isn't it? Isn't there two Mexican, names for that conflict? Well, yeah. it's, got, it's got them there. It's got Mexican-American War and Spanish-American War, and then it's also yeah. got the Civil War. Was uh, that in the 1800s? Oh, my yeah, God, it was. Yeah, like 1884 or something like that. 1865 to yeah. 1850. I don't know. Rodrigo's lady would know. Yes. Yes, there you go. Yeah, she knows. We'll ask her. Mrs. Rigo? Uh, <laughs> let's see. We'll get her on the line. Ooh, here we go. Uh, this is the one that I... That I, when I saw this a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I don't, I think I could name one, but I don't think I could name more than one. Name one American Indian tribe in the United States. I'd, I'd really have to think hard, but I could, so I could name more than one. This is a trick one. question because, for example, in Los Angeles, I live on um, colonized Tongva land mm-hmm. and they are not nationally recognized. So you are given a list mm-hmm. for this and you have to list one of the tribes that is nationally recognized. Right. So, yeah. so I could, I could probably do 10. Okay. Let's see if you can do 10. Beat that Cher- nerd. Let's see. Yeah, Cherokee. I was going to say, let's do a beat that nerd. Who can do more than 10? Cherokee, Navajo. Yep, there's two. Apache. Uh, um, yeah. I live in Shawnee County. Uh, so Shawnee. Let's see. Uh, well, let's look here. They have to be on the list. That's yeah, they the have trick. to be on the list. Okay, Shawnee is on the list. Okay, Hopi. Hopi Cheyenne, is on the list. Blackfeet. Uh, hold on. Cheyenne, yes. Blackfeet, yes. Iroquois. Uh, let me see if it's on the list. Did I? S- Iroquois is on the list. They didn't do these okay. in alphabetical order. That's why I'm jumping no. around. Mohican. Yeah. Yes. Is that nine? Or is that it 10? is. That's nine. And Inuit? That is correct. Uh, the Good ones job. that I would have, the ones I wasn't that I would sure have known. Inuit would count as. It's on the very. It's, on there. Yeah. I would, well. have, I would have definitely gotten Cherokee, Navajo, Sioux, uh, Pueblo, hmm. Apache. Ooh. And Seminole, and Seminole, and those would probably be the only ones that I would have. Oh, Lakota, maybe. Uh, but that Choctaw? one would have been. Uh, are there, are there any there. that end in ish, like Samamish or Snohomish? Snohomish, or no? Um, yeah. What see, a, all of these, all of these tribes up here in uh, the, the Pacific Northwest, like, did not get a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, about yeah. what about uh, the Florida tribe? The, well, the Seminoles are there. Yes. Although yeah. a No. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Integrated civics. Ooh. Name one state that borders Canada. Woo! Rodrigo. Uh, Rodrigo. Washington. Correct. <laughs> Cheater. Uh, I got the opposite question. I got name a state that borders Mexico. Okay. And so I had to write one, it out by hand to prove I was literate. Name one state that borders Mexico. California. There you go. I don't Let's think you see. should be able to name your own state because my state doesn't border on <laughs> that, You know, sometimes that applies. Yep. That's just... uh, what is the name of the national anthem? Ashley. Ted. Ashley. Star Spangled Banner. When do we celebrate Independence Day? Rodrigo. Rodrigo? On July 4th. There you go. Name two national U.S. holidays. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten listed. Name two national holidays. Matthew. Matthew. Memorial Day. 
Memorial Day, correct? Labor Day. Labor Day, correct. Your Can anyone beat of, those of two? Um, the, we should have done. I, I should have done a name that nerd on this one. Yeah. Um. Do they have Martin Luther King Day on, on there? Martin Luther yes. King Day so is that's listed. That's a legal holiday. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's New Year's good. Day. Martin Christmas. Luther King Day, President's Day, Memorial Day, Independence Day, Labor Day, Columbus Day, Veterans Day, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Russia. So there you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. If you were able to answer correctly ten of those questions, congratulations. Six. You only have to answer. Oh, six. Oh, yeah, that's six. Well, okay, but if you missed one, then you have to answer ten, right? Or do no, you only have to you answer just six? Saw, at some point along the way, you have to. They'll stop once you get six. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have so to, like, I only they only asked me six questions. Right. Do you remember yours, best, Rodrigo? It's like best six out of ten. Yeah. So were you, were do you remember your test, Rodrigo, when you took it? Uh, yeah, it was a long time ago, but I remember some aspects of it. Yeah. Were you uh, nervous? Did you feel prep, prepped when you went in? Yeah, I, I felt I felt pretty well prepared. Like honestly, those questions are pretty easy, and if you prep for them, you know, again, there's a hundred questions, and like. You know, some of, again, some of them like just give you the answer in the question, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a war in the 1800s. Yeah. Um, were you, do you feel so, like you were super prepared, Ashley, but were you nervous when you went in to do your test? Yeah, I was like trembling. Oh, really? I was very nervous. Okay. Yeah. How long did the you... lady who, um, the lady I got had a, I for, forgive me if I've already told the story. Uh, she had a house dark banner in her office oh, nice and some game of thrones stuff so i was like good 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 okay okay we're gonna be fine this is fine everything's fine <laughs> she was really lovely uh so i, I felt very fortunate because government types could be real scary yeah, yeah. i feel like now, i should get half credit for davy dicks uh but ashley you had to go back the next day to get sworn in rodrigo did you go back I had to go a, two days later to oh, get two sworn days in. later i'm sorry uh, but did That's you right. have to go back on the same? Did you do yours on the same day or was it a several days? No, later? no, no. I I got sworn in like weeks later. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's more typical. They were just trying to get us like in and out. And like I did it in the courtyard behind the like typically it's in the Staples Center. We were there for like 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Schmitzel. We got in and out so fast. <laughs> that's yeah, nice. I remember they they got us in, they swore us in and then they gave us our certificates and this uh, you know ancient days this was the ins doing this um back when i got uh sworn in and they're like you don't have to deal with us ever again and i'm like thank god (laughs) yeah yeah interesting all right well congratulations to both of you very proud to have you as american citizens so glad wow. to have you a part of the Major Spoilers podcast and the Major Spoilers experience. Also, Matthew, we're really glad matters. to have you. We're glad to have you a part of the Major Spoilers experience all the time. Where can people find more of you? Well, uh, there isn't much more of me to be found, but if you wanted to, you could find me on the Twitter at Mighty King Cobra. Uh, you know, follow along, do stuff, tweet at me. I really like it when people tweet at me so I can ignore them and then two days later go, oh, sorry, I didn't see this and then say something really pithy and cool. And uh, Rodrigo, where can people find more of you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Fearsome Critter. Um, I also wrote a book. You can find it on Amazon. Yeah, it's a good book, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's called The uh, Tale of Tallest Rabbit. Make sure you do that because I think if you just search for Rodrigo Lopez, you'll probably find a couple of different articles. Yeah, there's there's a couple hundred thousand Rodrigo Lopez's. Yeah, yeah so I found one who was apparently in the court of, of Queen Minerva Frassman like 200 years yeah. ago. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's cool. Yeah, Rodrigo's time traveler. Didn't even know that. Ashley, where can people find more of you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ashley V Robinson. The V is very important. I am currently still tweeting about the loss of sports night in my life and uh, hot takes on my cat. If you are into that. Uh, and then Geek History Lesson is in the Major Spoilers podcast feed. So please just subscribe to get everything, including that. We're talking about Batwing this week, which means that I read all of Batwing in like two weeks. Nice. I'm sorry. No, it was, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed it. So we're doing we're doing Luke Fox. So it's all Luke Fox all the time. Oh, on so not, not like the scary one from the New 52. Got it. Well, he is from the New 52, but he takes over in volume four. It was David before that. Yeah. The David actual the Batman yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, listen, if you want to uh, keep this show going, if you want us to hear more game shows in the future, then please uh, take a moment and head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. That's our Patreon page. That's where we get most of our funding. And uh, we'd love for you to come and join all the fun. And we mentioned earlier about being able to get access to uh, Why Do You Hate Me uh, and vote in that. You also get to shape what a comic we review on the Dueling Review podcast. You get access to bonus episodes like the Flashback podcast. You get Critical Hit. If you're into your RPGs, you get that a week early ahead of everyone else, plus a bunch of other other stuff. And that's just at the $5 level. Plus, you get access to super secret uh, channels on our Discord server, which we'd love to see even more of you over on our Discord server hanging out with us. Excuse me, week after week and day after day. Uh, as you go up into higher tiers, you unlock even more surprises and more joys. And uh, we even have a leveling system on our Discord channel. I know that's not related to the uh, Patreon page, but we have a leveling system on our Discord where uh, everybody races throughout the entire year to see how high they can get before it all gets reset. And then the winner each year, uh, I think, if I remember correctly... Um, you can say all the bad words that you want and all the all caps that you want for the entire year if you're crowned the winner. Uh, but you can find out more about that over at our Discord server. But in the meantime, go check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers. Thank you so much, everybody, for being a part of the Major Spoilers podcast and the Major Spoilers uh, experience. Next week, we're going to come back and we're going to be talking about MODOK, the first episode of the Hulu show that drops in like three days. So uh, be ready to uh, discuss that next week on the Major Spoilers podcast. Uh, because uh, we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you soon. Fat the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little me would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such a chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine bee in the Middle East with a king sign throwing soldier. What a major spoiler! 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 What a major sp
major spoiler, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler, wow, 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 wow. What a major spoiler. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.